Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I am joined by housemate Simon Longdon. Hello. Hello. We had a, a, a fun little trip out on Monday, you and I, and some other people. We went to see Jojo Rabbit at the cinema. Oh, yeah. What did you make of the film? Obviously, we'll talk about wrestling in a few moments. <laughs> the people don't want to hear us talk about wrestling. Nah, wrestling is meh. Um, yeah, Jojo Rabbit's great. Isn't it's, it? But, uh, critical response has been weird. Just like very fancy pants critics basically describing a Nazi Hitler movie they would have made yeah. and then becoming frustrated that somebody else didn't make that movie. Damn you, Tyker, with your ideas of yeah. what your film should be. With your be. ideas you had 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like, I, I think this is, one, I really can't recommend Jojo Rabbit highly enough. I think it's, re- it's really funny. It's really heartfelt. It's so well made. There's so many cameos from people you sort of recognize doing brilliant wonder like sam rockwell is fantastic in it 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 is just a amazing funny film it just also happens to be about nazis Mm. but not really i think that's i think that's kind of the thing that people are struggling to get their head around with it is the idea that like if you're doing something about nazis how serious does it have to be how satirical and how yeah. much does it have to push back against the entire idea of that that level of fascism and and all the things that the nazis did how much do you have to uh dress address all of that stuff because i think what jojo rabbit is doing and what the film is kind of about is the idea of it's i guess it's taika waititi shtick right of being like i'm making a film about growing up like the uh, boy and hunt for the wilder people are all kind of coming of age films, and this is, I think, just the the next one in that line of attacking adolescence in a different way. And this is all about the notion that like JoJo's worldview is obviously like impressionable, and he's impressionable at an age of uh, 
extreme propaganda. And this is him discovering that that stuff isn't necessarily as be-all yeah. and end-all as people are making it out if to you, be. If you can't watch a child basically recite, angrily reciting a Hitler speech to his own mother and then becoming upset by the result of that. Yeah. And and come away from that thinking, you know what? If only if only we had stopped the film and a grown-up had turned to the camera and really given us a bloody good history lesson about why this was bad. Yeah. Like, well then... Well, like the big short. It's, well, yeah. It's just, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like, I just thought it was really obvious. Yeah. It's just so obvious what's happening. Like, you just have to take away what the film presents in front of you, which is this boy and his struggles with the propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yes, some of the propaganda was silly, but some of it was also not so silly because it was kind of true. That's what they were saying about the Jews back in the day. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I just thought some of the, yeah, the, the critical response has been, I think, strange. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because they're like, they sort of missed the point that the satire is that all this stuff was quite childish. It obviously had like incredibly impactful real world ramifications but you know like there's a there's bits where people are listening to the kid and going he's exactly right but he's saying stuff that's really fantastical yeah. and childish but how but, but how this is the thing i didn't quite understand is like if that's the critique of it how far did what how far of a grisly reimagining of the atrocities in auschwitz mm. Did they want to see on screen Jojo Grizzly Bear? Yeah, in order in order for them to be satisfied that it had been addressed enough. Mm. And I that and I was just kind of like, I don't get why you need. I don't get why that's required from this. I don't. I don't understand why that bar is. Yes, it's got a Hitler in it. Yeah. So, like, that's sort of missing the point. Yeah. You know? I, I thought I, was, I just thought it was. It a, is an imaginary Hitler, though. It's so an imaginary. Does Hitler. that make it okay? It's in the boy's head. Yeah, I I think it I think it dealt with the things actually um, respectfully, carefully, subtly, subtly, all, all, and the whole thing was done through the prism of the adults and it was, humanity. It was the preserve yeah. of like you know all the all the actual atrocities of the war mm-hmm. and everything else, all the top level stuff was talked about in hushed tones by adults and trickled down through sort of Chinese whispers, I guess, to the kids, and they they understood, you know one-tenth of what they yeah, were being told. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's an amazing showcase as well for a bunch of the actors in it. Like um, Roman what Roman Griffin, or what's mm-hmm. his name, I think, is who plays Jojo is... He's unbelievable in it. Yeah, he's, he's so good. He's so expressive. He's, he's so funny. Um, I don't know who, well, the name of the little kid who plays Yorkie is, who's Jojo's little oh, pal, yeah. but... He is like the young Nick Frost. I saw, yeah. He he, he just is. Like, I saw, I saw, the, I saw a interview with them two together. Yeah, and they're really funny. Are they? Yeah, they're really funny. That York, the kid who plays Yorkie is really funny. I I thought I just thought it's it's a wonderful movie. It made me laugh. It made me tear up. It it did everything I wanted from a film. Yeah, and great. Yeah, Scarlett Hansen's great in it as well. Yeah, she's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. Basically, but let's talk yeah. about wrestling now because we're going to be talking about a new faction that debuted in NXT. Here is the show. Um, but let's like, jump in straight away with a big topic that happened on NXT, which was the debut of a new faction in a slightly flawed, slightly boring 
I don't think very well done version of bringing Chelsea Green onto NXT TV. Well, it was <clears throat> it was a faction debut in which we all know that faction exists. Yeah. But they weren't there. Which is an interesting way of doing a debut for a faction. Yes. By actually not having the faction debut. Yes, yeah, so this all came at the end of a match between Mia Yim and Caden Carter that was uh, pretty good. It was a little showcase for Caden's sort of Lucha Libre stuff, but Mia Yim handily defeats her and mm-hmm. protect your neck off the turnbuckle. Um, as Mia Yim's picking her up to sort of give her the sportsman, sportswomanly hug, Chelsea Green slides into the ring, hits him with a forearm, knocking Caden into Mia, Mia out of the Yim, no, Mia out of the ring. Mia Yim out of the ring. Oh, God. Oh, my brain. Um, Mia leaves the ring, and then Chelsea does a little pose, goes outside, and then Robert Stone, who mm. is Robbie E, the former uh, TNA X Division champion, is there and says, "2020 uh, is the year in which the what's it called? The Stone Company, Stone Brand, the isn't it? Stone Brand, yeah. yeah, the Stone Masons. Yeah, it's the year in which the Stone Masons take over NXT, um, and the first signing of that." is the hottest free agent currently in WWE, and I do mean the hottest, Chelsea Green. And I just thought this all lacked, for want of a better word, considering we're talking about these two people, impact. It it didn't quite sell the idea of it's a brand, like are we going to go week by week signing people? This is a a gimmick that... uh, Robert Stone, i.e. Robbie E, has been doing in live shows for a while. He's also been managing The Outliers, which is Dan Mather and Riddick mm. Moss over in NXT UK. This has also been his, the same um, thing. This has also been his Twitter presence for a while. Yeah. Um, so he's still going to wrestle, though, right? Or is he done? Is that, that, is that well, the right? That's, that's what I don't like. He, he was in the... kind of wasteful. He's, he's very good. Because I, I mean, I was just double checking now because I was kind of like, I kind of knew, obviously, he's been in the performance center and stuff. I was like, oh, is he doing the managing? Cause has he had to slow down or retire? I mean, no, he's just doing yeah. that, which is weird. And I, I mean, I think as a long-term viewer of NXT and someone who obviously does news of wrestling for a living, having seen kind of all the stuff of Chelsea uh, Chelsea Green and Gianna Perazzo getting signed mm-hmm. by WWE like together they've, they've been working together on live shows they've got literally co-branding of all of their t- like titantrons and stuff mm-hmm. they've got the same sort of gear and that stylized C&D logo certain ways around or is it the G I can't really remember um, they even had a WWE PC YouTube channel video last week about Mm -hmm. or a couple of weeks ago about them getting their raw debuts and in their losing efforts to various people but still getting their sort of big main roster moments but that was a that was both of them in the same video talking about how happy they were for each other so it's kind of weird to have them like and and also we saw them on september i think september the 25th we saw them on nxt tv uh in the crowd yeah and this is this was kind of like Essentially announcing their return because they were they were signed earlier this year and Chelsea's been out with a wrist injury when she was supposed to debut. That was a match that got taped and never aired because she actually suffered a broken wrist during the match. So like it's kind of all been a long time coming that these two are actually going to appear on NXT TV, and then we get all the way down the line here and they're not together anymore. So I don't know whether that sort of was a test for the live shows to put them together as a tag team or whether Robert Stone is now going to sign Diona Perazzo. I don't know. It, it seemed well. He, he's managing um, what's his um, sh- pumped Jarla Buff in uh, NXT UK, isn't he? 
Riddick Moss. Oh yes, Riddick Moss. Yeah. Um, buff, Buffalo Buff, <laughs> Buffalo Buff, and um, Shia Buff. So yeah, it seems weird to not when they when they're a known entity. Mm-hmm. The whole thing seems weird. But I also thought this was the exact. This is the kind of thing that was going to happen when WWE uh, gets slightly confused as to whether this is a developmental brand or whether this is just a third TV show. Mm-hmm. And these these are the slightly mixed up moments and factions. And so it's like they've spent they've got one foot in Raw, one foot as a tag team, yeah, one foot as these like lovable indie stars coming up to the PC. Now they're not together and a faction, but also a solo act. Mm-hmm. I think what to me is quite cool. Which I mean, this is just a broad point, but I like I like he's good first of all, and he's good on the mic, and he's mm-hmm. good on Twitter. He's got a good personality. Doing a brand thing is obviously a very modern retelling of faction stories. Anyway, also just having a guy managing a single female wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's just an interesting dynamic. That I think that's worth. That's worth having. That's worth having. You yeah, know? I, I think the the brand thing you end up quite quickly slipping into Titus Worldwide territory, uh, which well, wasn't the best thing ever. <laughs> but I, I, my, I guess my. I like, whose fault was that? Really, I, <laughs> I think it was our fault. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think like, I think the potential is like there with this, and I, I think the setup of it wasn't very good. But I think going from where we've sort of left off now, like the idea that. You know, Robert Stone's going to sign more people to his brand. He's going to build, slowly build a faction through paying people. And I guess that, you know, that's a very common wrestling thing. It's like AOP and Seth are a team because he's paying them mm. quite a lot of money to be his security guards. Uh, that That's all fine. It's just here. This didn't make much of a statement for Chelsea Green, who has been a factor in WWE for a while. She's been a known quantity within NXT, not like ever really made an impact but she has people have been hearing whispers of Chelsea Green the former knockouts champion the the hot mess who was on uh, some of AEW's pay-per-views before mm-hmm. you know they got weekly TV like it, it, she, I think she's a big deal in that sense she's you know married to Zack Ryder or going out with Zack Ryder <laughs> like I said like I think there's a cachet to the name of Chelsea Green that yeah. you might want to do more than she just pushes Caden Carter over well, so let's let's go back a little bit because mm-hmm. at the start of the episode we had very clearly established who are the contenders for mm-hmm. uh, Rear Ripley's title. We then later on have this match between Mia Yim and uh, oh, I forget the name, uh, Kaylin Carter, Caden Carter. So they have that. So we've now very clearly established Mia Yim has sort of dropped out of that and is now in the second tier. Yeah. So we're going to have this big star who is just as big as some of those other names, um, perhaps even more so than some of those names, but has now been firmly debuted into the B tier of the women's division, women's division which doesn't NXT, have a belt as well, which also doesn't have a belt. Yeah. So then you couple that with, uh, yes, I get the brand thing, and this is the same thing. That, this is sort of the same problem that Titus Worldwide had, which is something becomes a brand when it is knowingly and uh, baked in with an identity mm-hmm. and a role and a whatever. So, like, what is the brand? Yeah. That's the, that's the bit. That's the, as soon as he said that, and he was sort of describing it as the brand, I was like, okay, well, what is the brand? 
Yeah, what do you believe in? Yeah, this, so I, I didn't. So sometimes these things you think they can almost kind of go like, what are you selling? Like Simon, like the Simon Dean Simon <laughs> System style of like gurus and mm-hmm. whatever. Like so, uh, Matt Hardy is famously the brand on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So I don't. I I just thought it was all a little bit. It was a lot of ideas, yeah, kind of happening at the same time. And I just think it's an awkward time. It's difficult to firmly establish who the, all the people you should care about the most doing the most important thing, which is going for the main title in the women's division, mm-hmm. and then later on try and make Chelsea Green feel like a big deal. Yeah, when you are literally when she literally can't be because she's gone. Yeah, and I, and I guess that's the thing is like the, I, you having her appear and attack Mia Yim makes sense, establishes her against an already uh, well-established known name within NXT. However. She didn't even hit Miriam in this bit. She clocks Carter, who falls into Yim, who falls out of the ring. And then they're both supposed to just be down while she does her pose and the talk and yeah. the chat and all that stuff. I just feel like a, like a longer beatdown or something like a bigger move would have just made a bit more of an like impression on people. Because I think most people were sort of going... Oh, it's just that's Chelsea Green. Well, even Maro, when when Robert Stone came over and started doing his like, we've never heard, we didn't know that Chelsea Green was going to be on the show. We don't know anything about this brand. Maro just sort of went, yeah. And then the, the Robert Stone brand on commentary, he was just immediately in line with what was happening and saying yeah. it. And it was like, why aren't you like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I mean, Mara says a lot of things. He also said that thing when Keith Lee was at the ring. So he let's let's not let's, let's I know not, he does let's not dive too deeply into what I Mara is no, saying. But I think like when you're like obviously that's making the action mm. kind of sing or attempting to. This is explaining what's happening to the yeah. audience who are sitting there going, "What's the brand? Yeah, like who is this man?" So I think because she now we're going off some pretty ropey iconography at this point mm-hmm. but she was wearing sort of quite nice jeans and nice clothes so i think they're going for banana like, republic yeah <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think they're going for the sort of we're fashionistas we're cool we're better than you kind of thing which was kind of what her gimmick was when she originally joined yeah. tna yes so before she was the hot mess which turned out to be the better gimmick. Yeah, exactly. And and Robert Stone obviously wearing like the cool suit and glasses or whatever. Yeah. He's going for sort of like I guess hip like uh woke Corey Graves. Yeah, I'm that's how I would describe his style. <laughs> can't say oxymorons, <laughs> mate. Um, uh, but, but I think uh, yeah, I but, guess But what she can't be though. And this is why they I think this is why they didn't do the aggressive beatdown. Yeah. What she can't be is another super tough person yeah, in the yeah. women's division because it's full of like legitimate MMA fighters who have recently True. had really violent matches. So it's like it's hard to debut her and make her come across as because she also doesn't have she doesn't have that like build no, no. either. So you know like like Rhea Ripley looks hard as <laughs> you know I mean? like, yeah, yeah. she looks so tough and so does so does Shayna, so does Mia Yim. You know, like it's that's a big part of that women's division I think, which is that it mm. it there's a lot of reality and realism baked into their styles and the characters they've got that to have it'd be very difficult for Chelsea Green to come and be in that space so, yeah, so it's she, weird to debut her that way then isn't it it's exactly like there's yeah some, that's there's what some I mean, other yeah. form of something's like, not link syncing up and quite I think, I right. think it's because they they sort of nxt themselves out of doing something that's a bit more raw and doing a parade you know like oh so you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. I think they sort of were like it has to be sort of within the format of 
the NXT indie show style. It has to be a wrestling angle. It has to be this. And it's like, no, it could just be like an entertainment style raw angle where something kind of ludicrous happens to debut this brand. Well, or debut the brand debut the brand with other people and then announce that you've signed Chelsea Green and Deanna and have them as a tag team, but put them in a big match straight away. I, I, I just think everything about this kind of went wah, wah. Well, I guess the other thing is, knowing how recently, like you said, even their Titan Trons are the same, mm-hmm. knowing how recently that they've been seen as a team, <clears throat> this suddenly debuting her like this feels like a decision made fairly recently. Yeah. Perhaps slightly too recently. Well, that's yeah, and I guess that they, they've obviously they brought her into Raw to go against Charlotte Flair. She lost. She then appeared on main event, beat Sarah Logan, lost to Natalia on main event. So she's been put in like triple duty on different shows. But it just means that she even even the last few things she's done in WWE have diminished her appearance in NXT. Mm. If you are paying attention to the whole product that they're putting out there. So if you've got 11 hours a week? <laughs> if you, yeah, if you, if, you, if, you, if you, you know, if you stay at home a lot, then yeah. you, you know. Yeah. yeah, it is tricky. But that is also, that is the, that will be the indefinite loop that NXT stuck in though. If they're going to, because they obviously debuted like, uh, what's it going to, like Samoa Joe. Yep. or Shinsuke, when they debuted, they were they were they were firmly established, yep. genuinely big names outside mm-hmm. of WWE. Chelsea Green is, but not to that level. No, so it's difficult to start debuting people. Like even you know, even to a certain extent, um, you could even say like Adam Cole was kind. Of, they kind of just about got away with it because people didn't really. They were, the crowd, even then, wasn't that. Uh, Knowing of like Bobby Fish and you think Kyle they went away to Google it to be like, oh Adam Cole, baby. I don't know, but I just think I think I think they Catch knew phrases. they obviously knew Adam Cole, yeah. but like I don't know. I just think that it's, there's there's been somewhat diminishing returns trying to constantly debut people as if they are massive stars, these huge massive stars, and actually yeah. and simultaneously treat them like enhancement talent. Yeah, but then you, you know, know have them in the t- have them in the PC. On YouTube, being like, "Oh, it's just so great to be here!" Mm-hmm. Like, one honor. Like, that's all developers have. Like, Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't like doing that. You know, he was. Of course, he wasn't. Shinsuke, Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura. He was. But, he was surfing. But I then think you've got. The <laughs> he loves surfing. But you've got people like Austin Theory, who are, I think, two classes after Chelsea Green in terms of like the PC signings and, and Shotzi Blackheart as well, who both had matches on the Christmas Day episode of NXT. I think it was Christmas. Um, and Austin Theory was immediately in a match with Roderick Strong, which just mm-hmm. like just established him as, you know, he lost. and But he then comes out this week and he gets his, like, win-back match with someone else and starts to build momentum from there. But that match just went, this guy's really good. And he's in here against this level of competitor. Shotzi Blackheart, the same thing with Bianca Belair. Like, it was a losing effort, but she got to shine. And then sort of, I, I guess, sort of implicitly it's you know it's implied that she's kind of on that level chelsea green coming out and cheap shotting someone in like like a snooker sort of move with mm. this someone this is someone on my level but i'm hitting her into someone bigger but also ultimately she debuted mm-hmm. right but she didn't speak no robbie did yeah or robert stone did and couched it in this is the first signing of the mm-hmm. stone brand 
So already, that takes the shine of this being about her. Yeah. That, what we saw there was about the debut, aborted or otherwise, of the Robert mm-hmm. Stone brand. Not necessarily, here we are offering up to you, yeah, yeah. fans, and Chelsea so- Green, because you really like her. They actually couched her in this yeah, other yeah, thing. Yeah. And I, th- uh, so, I don't, know what, I don't know what that means in terms of where they see her in the sort of wider world mm. but you know how different would it have been if the stone brand thing could have happened separately perhaps um interrupting a a dusty one of the important like later round dusty matches yeah would you in the sort of uh big keg of people turning up to have a go at rear at the start of the show mm-hmm. would it not be better to have her interrupt that yeah, singularly on her own. She's a great character worker, mm-hmm. good talker. She can do it. Uh, I think the crowd would have popped for it. And I think what we saw was more of a reaction of they just reacted how she was presented as opposed to yeah, being allowed yeah, yeah. to just react to her. Exactly. I think she wasn't made to feel a big enough a deal as she was because she was couched in, you, we were seeing the debut of the Robert Stone brand, not the debut of Here's Chelsea Green. Yeah, and I'm hoping they do. I'm hoping they do something that's not so Titus Worldwide with it as well, because I think the problem with Titus Worldwide was they only really ever had time to have one figurehead for the company in the sense that, like, it was like it was Apollo Cruz for a bit, but then when they got Tazawa and Tazawa was the cruiserweight champion, they were like, it's Tazawa now, mm. and then they could only really they only bothered to use that faction to push one thing at one time. Mm. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen here. I'm hoping they do sort of like a douchey uh, startup style thing. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's really specific and yeah. uh, it's only about like this type of wrestling and that's the only thing we want to push. I just, yeah. I just think something like that, getting it away from just being a money thing mm. and being about like capitalism. Yeah, there is there's, there's a really there's a great heel gimmick somewhere to be done of like super douchey, like West Coast liberal youth mm. like there's yeah. so, there's something in that that i think would really hit home well and would work really well with chelsea green i think like she yeah i think she could do that character really well i mean daniel bryan got being a hipster as an evil thing like he got yeah. he got veganism as a as a heel tactic yeah right? yeah so I, think, I guess yeah it's that kind of i think there's something in it i just i'm interested to see what they do i just felt that this section fell flat for me in, a, in an nxt that i guess on paper said to me this is going to be an amazing show and then there was all these announcements peppered throughout as well like this and then Alex Shelley and things like mm. that that were sort of just swept under the rug and I was I was kind of like you could have made more of these things and spent a bit less time on some of this other stuff and it would have been a better show yeah it's difficult isn't it when they bring in like um, it's a bit like when uh, do you remember when Liger faced Tyler <laughs> Breeze mm-hmm. and they announced it by just a sort of Regal saying it and then playing a video package. Yeah, it's difficult when they bring in the Japanese or the indie guys for these one-offs because obviously you have to basically book them twice. One to because what you really want, yeah, is Kashida to come out and say, "Here's my partner." Yeah, and then get the big pop. That's what you want to do. Obviously, that's so difficult to do. Yeah. yeah. So, like, like you said, those those announcements end up actually getting swept under the rug a little bit, which is which is a shame. And again. In a show in which I think the whole show actually did feel a bit flat for some reason. Don't, I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe it's just they've been booking every single show like a takeover before yeah. Christmas. And then we <laughs> yeah, had two yeah, weeks yeah. of Christmas, so we all had a little sort of sit down and a think. And then they were like, here's a show and it's pretty like, it's 
it's up there with like good wrestling, but it's not quite a takeover. And everyone was like, what is this? Well, yeah, I think what's happened really, I mean, we're kind of bouncing all over the place now, but I think what's happened broadly mm-hmm. over the last, well, since Survivor Series basically, is that the st- because of the weird timing of takeovers, Yep. because we're basically going to get two in like a couple of months apart, aren't we? But like, this, they're weirdly divided. They're weirdly yeah. divided. So the stakes feel really far away all the time. Yeah. And so we're sort of, we're on this sort of bell curve. At some point, the stakes will never have been further away. Mm. And we're sort of reaching that point now where everyone's saying and doing stuff, but there's no payoff in sight. Well, it's, I think, and we'll get into this more in a minute, but I think some of that is because they're trying to use NXT in the same way that they were using uh, Raw and SmackDown to push NXT when they wanted to beat AEW in the ratings. They're now trying to use NXT to push a bunch of other stuff that they've got on the cards. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Field who says, did you all notice that Maro couldn't keep any names straight during the six women tag? He had quite a few slip ups and weird turns of phrase in this episode. But I mean, he always tries to jam in all his really long. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. The names thing was weird actually. Um, yeah, his his commentary hasn't been 
I've actually I've started to be turned off a little bit from it. To be honest, mm. I think it's a bit. It's very much. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of Mauro in his commentary, and not necessarily enough of him just reacting to. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. he's got his own honest, script now. Like, honest reactions. Yeah. Uh, Tim Arnt also says, not seeing many super chats, so here's some pity money. Also, it's great to be back watching NXT streams live. First one since NXT moved off the network. Well, thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for the pity money as well. Although we don't like to accept pity. Um, but I'll we get... do like to accept money. We do like to accept money. So it is a very difficult place to be. in with the rest of the show because it opens with Rhea Ripley, the newly minted NXT Women's Champion coming out to chat to the crowd, which I sort of went, oh, I don't think she's very good on the mic. Oh, what, you're not a big fan of Ripley promo? I think Ripley does the I'm really tough promo really well. Over and no, just over and over again. Oh, I see what you mean. I don't, I don't even think she does it that well. I think I... I would sort of like to see her move away from like, I want to fight now and all those kinds of turns of phrase. And it's 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 almost a little bit too wrestling when some other people aren't that wrestling. Yeah, it's diff- it's difficult when you if you're that kind of character and you're the face because yeah. faces obviously always need to fight against the odds mm-hmm. and it becomes sort of heroic to be like, no, I'll take on whatever challenge. A billion people, but at some point it becomes dumb. Like. Like when, like, do you remember when? Um, if she'd have just entered herself in the War Games match on her own, on her own, yeah, you'd yeah. have been like, okay, well, what that's, are you doing? yeah, it's like, it's a bit like you remember when Ronda asked for the triple threat. Oh yeah, and it, and it's like, what? Why? Like that's <laughs> you're getting you get nothing out of that. There's no like yeah. this isn't this isn't like endearingly heroic. This is just weird. Yeah, stupid. So I think at some point it does. I think that's why that's difficult to keep up that shtick. Yeah. Because before the odds were against her. Mm-hmm. And now the odds are pretty even slash you know, she's still got friends. Yeah, yeah. She's got the belt. Well, this sort of immediately fell into friendship as well. Like this this all started with uh, Ripley saying, I've got brilliant memories I'm from asked. last year. I won this thing. That's all great. Lovely, lovely stuff. Tony Storm's music hits. Tony yes. comes out. And that's when I thought this section was like, it came alive now because yeah. it, it became uh, Rhea Ripley versus the world. It became that sort of like, it, it was a dibbing contest of like, well, I've got dibs on that. I've yeah. got dibs on that. I've got dibs on that. Everyone came out. It was really, I think everyone had something good to say as well. It wasn't one of those ones where everyone comes out and says the same thing. Like Raw did it a lot about a year ago where they would have someone with a belt and AJ would come out and someone else would come out and someone else would come out and they'd say a scripted line of like, well, I want the championship. Yeah. This, everyone sort of made a claim here without really having to do it so obviously. So Tony Storm's brilliant line of, "I'm no, I'm really, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. Really, truly I am. But do you remember that time I beat you? Yeah. Like that just instantly says, I'm after this. I loved when Bianca Belair comes down. She goes, I've got 2020 vision. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah. You don't even go here to Tony Storm. Yeah. Better than you, better than you. And then to Ripley, I'm better than you. I, I just think this this set up the, the kind of friction in the women's division that they were trying so hard to make before war games. Mm. Like they were trying to stir this kind of friction up in war games without it really being about the belt. And it didn't work incredibly well I don't think until Ripley came on the scene they were, they were sort of yeah. stewing away at this stuff here I thought it worked brilliantly yeah this worked really well and it also 
you know, this is probably the reason why some of the stuff in NXT this week fell a bit flat because it was pushing uh, Worlds Collide and Blackpool take over Blackpool 2. Yeah. So, like, we've got Kaylee Ray comes out uh, with the NXT UK women's belt and says, um, at Worlds Collide, we're going to face off me and you, Ripley, or me and Tony, I get. Although, so, yeah, sorry, me and you, Ripley, definitely. And I'm going to leave as the mm. double women's champion. And Tony's like, well, maybe I'll oh, be the double women's champion because we have a match on Sunday. Well, it also good, includes Viper slash Piper Niven. The good thing about the way they did this, I think, was not not because there's actually any necessarily much link between the NXT UK audience and the NXT audience. I do think in the you know, I do think there's a lot of people who just watch one or the other. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh but we've seen Tony Storm mm-hmm. and we've seen Kaylee Ray. Yeah. And we've seen them both be tough and influential and do cool stuff. Yeah. On NXT uh-huh. or associated things that you definitely would have caught otherwise, and so when they come out, they've got they've got mean. This is this, it's, it's Tony, in, Tony Storm coming out got a massive. It pop got a massive pop. Well, yeah. It was in, it was so interesting seeing like the Tony Storm pop against the Chelsea Green pop. And I know Tony Storm's one of the stuff. It's not like I kind of feel like she's been sort of soft launching in NXT yeah, for, 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 for a while, while. Yeah. But, she's been in alpha yeah. for a, for a long <laughs> yeah, time a lot yeah. of alpha testing <laughs> uh, but it was interesting having the Chelsea Green debut on the same show as they just had Tony Storm just come out yeah. and just be on her own as well not in, not in not with the room not when the ring was full of people all shouting yeah. it was just her and Ripley mm-hmm. just telling each other that they, they can beat each other like, has she been on NXT proper <sighs> Like apart from when, like I think when they were doing the sort of crossover women's championship stuff, I, but she's not been like since she lost the belt. I don't think she's appeared, or did she no. in the run up to Survivor Series at all? I don't think she did. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, I just, I, I just, you know, what's, I've just got this thing in my head. I just feel like I've seen her at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I think like so. This, I, this all eventually broke down into the obvious brawl. All the blonde people sided together, and then As they sh- <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else was on the other team. So it ended up being uh, Ripley and Tony Storm and Candice LeRae versus Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. It was a classic Raw opening. Yeah, it, it, it was. was yeah. And they all sort of cleared the ring and the, the faces were in the ring and the heels were on the outside. Someone comes down and goes, it's going to be a tag match. Yeah. And they're like, this is now a tag match. And it's like, but we were, the reason the people are on the outside is because they brawled themselves to the outside. So that's going to go badly, mm. which it does. Because the story of this match was that Io Shirai and Bianca Belair cannot get on. No. They kept accidentally knocking each other off the apron. And that leads to a moment where um, Io Shirai hits the double knees. She goes up to do the moonsault, I think, on Candice. Um, and as she's on the turnbuckle ready to do it, Bianca Belair just tags herself in, hops in and goes to go goes to hit the KOD. But Io Shirai springboard moonsaults into the ring, knocking her out, knocking her out and then just leaves the match giving Ripley the opportunity to hit Riptide, win the thing. I think that that kind of booking is, it's a really fun sort of, do you remember what happened last year? We've kind of had two weeks, like NST's basically had two weeks off. It's like that that mm-hmm. pre-taped Christmas show didn't do a lot. Last week's show was the awards, essentially. We didn't even do a live stream because there wasn't really much point. Um, this was a good opening section that just went, here's the reminder these are all the people that you've got to pay attention to in this division. Here is all of the tension that you need to uh, understand. Mm-hmm. And also, here's a little advert for this thing this weekend and this thing in two weekends' time. 
which all kind of builds up this idea that, that you know, I think the champion versus champion thing, obviously they've stolen the, the double champion idea from Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this one is like, gone weekend. Even but they were like, always going to do it. It's, yeah. it's also a bit like, I mean, at least give it a week. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've really not waited. Um, and, but yeah, I just think it's, this was a really smart way of just ex- having a celebration for Rhea Ripley's big win that was like felt like they pitched that as kind of like a NXT fan uprising mosh pit thing anyway with all the people getting the ring and holding yeah. it up on the shoulders and stuff and inviting all the NXT United crowd to, to be in there. And then, yeah, to do this this sort of big brawl that turns into just a fun match to open a show really hot when I guess all your storylines are kind of stalled over Christmas anyway. It was great. I really liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, we then had a the first of two promo packages that sort of felt like one promo package story being told over two parts of Tommaso Ciampa basically saying that um, winning Goldie was when he sort of discovered his purpose. That was his life. Adam Cole has stolen his life and he wants it back. This was I, this was a really good little promo package set that just like sets up the idea that I think basically it's a shoe in for Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole at Portland. There's no point really beating around. The There's no one there. else. He never lost. He's sort of gone through everyone else at some point. Everyone else is now trying to get the North American title yeah. for some reason. Well, and, John, and Johnny and Finn from, as we saw in this show, they, they have beef that they need to sort Everyone out. else so is like, busy. This is kind of perfect. Um, we then got a little Keith Lee promo backstage, that new form of NXT promo where people just sort of talk to this. the locker room. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's not to the camera. It. It's not to Kathy Kelly. It's just to themselves. Sometimes they're just turning around at the wall. In the presence. Yeah, it's, I don't know. What is it? I didn't. I don't like it. No, I think it's weird. I don't know why you wouldn't. If there's a, if there's a camera there, mm-hmm. address it or be interviewed by someone. I think. Yeah. Like that's a. I, I don't know why. I just don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> no. Like, why is that? What, what are they being, doing? He's been very dramatic of being like, I've been overlooked. I've done it's this. It's not like thing, we're catching then, like, them in the turn, act. Like really slowly turns around. Yeah, it's not being shot like a candid camera. It's not like we're catching them having some moment no. or or having an interaction with someone else. They look over here. If I'm the camera, they look over here. Then they look at the wall. Then look over here. It's like they don't have a focus for the just. If there's someone there, just. Ask them a question, yeah, and just talk to do an interview, or just do a promo straight down the barrel, yeah, like a normal wrestler. It's would. neither the sort of documentary style promo, nor is it the uh, well-produced hip hop video style promo that they normally do. With all the yeah, yeah, little that's, jangles. But that's, what, but that's what I mean. Is that that's what I think that's what WWE promos probably are the closest to yeah. in that sense. Is like people people are talking down the lens, and then there's footage cut over the top, or it's a I'm doing a formal interview with somebody. It's not. I'm in a room pretending I'm talking to myself, but also talking to everyone else. And maybe it would work. And ignoring the crew. But maybe the it really would work. obvious crew yeah. who are here. But also, maybe it would work if the shot wasn't <coughs> so tight. Mm. So the camera looks like it's really close to them. Put it on the ceiling like that, like it's a CCTV. Well, yeah, anything. Yeah. Or like just... you've hacked their webcam. <laughs> hacked their Alexa. <laughs> uh, he did also debut his new beard. Mm. Chinstrap beard, quite a heel beard in the history of beards. Mm. Not on Keith Lee, though. Not on Keith Lee. Nothing the man does is heel no. at the moment. Not, rare to get over a chinstrap, though. Mm. I think he's done it. 
You think he's done it? I think I think Keith Lee's allowed to do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> frankly, uh, we then got the Forgotten Sons versus Imperium in the first first round match of the Dusty Rhodes mm-hmm. Tag Team Classic. If we're keeping up with uh, hairstyles, Cutler now has short hair. He does have short hair. Yeah, uh, doesn't necessarily suit the biker thing. I don't think, but it's fine. He looked well, like you have an order white trousers. No, I, yeah. <laughs> that's why Riker was, just wore black ones, and he was yeah. like, "Yeah, I will wear the vest, but I'm not, I'm not wearing the <laughs> stupid trousers." Uh, this was a good and fun tag match. That you know, I don't think people were particularly excited for in the audience at all. Really, they'd, they've people have seen Eichner and Bartel, and you know, Imperium doesn't quite have the impact without Walter there. That's I see. I thought that was interesting. How noticeable the reaction is different when Volta's not when, there. When, when Volta's there, everyone's like, my God, it's Volta. Yeah. And, and also, I think that makes Imperium feel like a cohesive unit. Like, And I think those couple of the surprises once they went live last year where they did, Imperium's having a match and then Walter comes out and everyone was like, oh my God, I never thought he'd go to America. Even though, obviously, he has been on takeover shows and stuff before. But like, you know, people didn't think he was going to show up for weekly TV. Um... It just here, it was like, it's Forgotten Sons. You kind of, I felt like it was a foregone conclusion that Imperium were going to go through with yeah. one to build into uh, Blackpool 2 because they're in the four-way tag match for the titles against Gallus, Grizzled Young Veterans and uh, Southwest, whatever it's called. What are they called? Subculture. Southwest mm. Subculture, which is Flash Morgan, Webster and Mark Andrews. Um uh, yeah, I thought this was kind of like, that felt like a foregone conclusion. Also, the, it, it did, I don't think the Forgotten Sons have ever really done anything with getting all the way to the final last year. They never really made good on that. They've kind of been... They've become enhancement. They've become enhancement talent, but they've also become that sort of like, weirdly that enhancement talent that keeps getting squash spots, like they did against a bunch of guys from Evolve the other week where uh, Jackson Riker did the big choke slam onto the apron, which they've had all these really cool moments happen yeah. around them. Riker killed are, a guy. They, yeah, right. <laughs> killed a guy on live TV. Uh, they are just they're just there, and they're not really mm. doing anything now. And and but, they keep they keep having good matches. This was a good match that just felt really flat. Yeah, I do. I kind of, they are just. It's difficult because I do think NXT has been has been historically quite good at mm. keeping people legitimate and just waiting their turn. Yeah. I really, <coughs> I actually am quite surprised that it's now not their turn. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I thought this was. I thought they were going to go quite far again in the Dusty tournament. Well, it just it seems like it's just the same top people now that NXT doesn't really have a move up to the main roster culture. There is a mm. top level of people who are just immovable from that spot. So, you know, you've got to imagine that people like Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne are going to go quite far in this tournament as they quite yeah. like Franken teams to go all the way. See, that's also what shows that they've, they've created a, a, a tag team tournament in which Franken teams often go very, very far and are the most important. Yeah. Or at least the, they're at least the most important storyline. And that's actually a bit of a shame and a bit counterproductive. Yeah. It's, it's an odd one. I, I, I'm, I actually was kind of, I, in a weird... Do you think the final will be at, at Worlds Collide? Because I think their final will end up being one NXT team and one NXT UK team, and yeah. then they'll do that as like a world's collide thing. So it will be, it obviously won't be undisputed era or Imperium, but it will be Kushida and Shelley versus Webster and 
uh, Andrews or something like that. Yeah, I kind of I think I think just because I think they're only I think Kashida and Shelly Kashida and Shelly are going to lose that match. Yeah, yeah. No I, more Shelly. I think they've just got they just they've done this before where they just book they just book a guy because they can. <coughs> like like Liger was just free, so they booked him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he's really free now. He's really free now. He's really free. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to got a wide open diary. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think they're going to lose. Yeah. So I think that's one Franken team out. Um, that's just going to be like mm-hmm. a fun thing. Um, I want Chris Saban to come out. <laughs> and, uh, so bad. <laughs> we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that in a bit because that's really what I want. But yeah, I do. I really thought. I really did actually think that this was going to be Forgotten Sons. I really thought they were going to win. I actually was kind of hoping they would. I, I think I, everyone can complain about Riker being a sort of classic green, but has a great look. Mm-hmm type guy that goes far in WWE I don't have a problem with that no I mean you know Goldberg was fine (laughs) Uh, so I don't have a problem with that kind of guy being around doesn't doesn't I'm not offended by it in any way Mm -hmm. but I really think Blake and Cutler are really good yeah I think they're a good team I think there's some really some amazing spots in this match that they pulled now do I think that they should be the you know rocket strapped to the top of the roster and whatever. No, but I think they are exactly the kind of legitimate veteran team capable of really good matches mm-hmm. who can really keep the tag division afloat for a really long time. And I think it's important to ensure you have a team like that and keep them going far in stuff like tournaments. Yeah. Keep them having wins against important teams every now and again just to make just so that they don't slip so far down the ladder. Because yeah. I would absolutely say that uh, if we're talking about the two teams, mm-hmm. that combination of the Forgotten Sons is way more established than that two of Imperium. Yeah. In front of that crowd. Well, they were just called the European Union before, weren't exactly, they? Exactly, yeah. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I think, that was a, I think this was a time to have them go over. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I guess the, the Undisputed Era have had those, been around those belts. They've either been the challengers or the champions in every feud for them for the last like year and a half, I yeah. guess, and 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 then all that all that big top level competition has kind of disappeared from NXT as well. So we're now in a phase where there is in the tag team tier list, God tier is undisputed era, tier one there's nothing, tier two a bunch of other Everyone random else. people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then like probably tier like after this tournament, tier one's going to be Riddle and Dunn, and then everyone else still. Yeah, see, I would just, I mean. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a bit too much of a purist about it. If you're going to do a tag team tournament, I want. To, there's nothing wrong with the Franken team doing well or yeah. even winning it. I don't, you know, Balor and Joe, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously the main example. I don't have any problem with it existing. Yeah, that's uh, the Black and Ricochet. Yeah, um, I would just rather a really popular tag team tournament put over a tag team every now and again. Yeah, I think also because it, it, like it was good when it was for a prize. That isn't the cup. The cup yeah. is enough prize. I don't know why we're not the doing this for shot. the title shot. Well, because two tag two tag team two, champions because they're in it. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. But I, that's why are they they don't care either. Like, I what, don't know. Like it's not the thing has not been established enough. No. To warrant like why do they want that cup? I'd have to tell you. They've got the belts. Surely all they want to do is 
unify the belts. So we're obviously mm. we're obviously moving to like because also Worlds Collide is way more push this time than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think Worlds Collide la- like last year was a, was a house show that happened to have Luke Harper on it. This is not like. <laughs> It wasn't billed like this. Hate Dream was there. He, wa- he well, was one there. Of them, one of them, yeah. <laughs> like, this is being really pushed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether we're moving to some kind of merger of some description. Yeah. Um, but, or maybe, they, maybe, it, maybe they're just trying to get as much exposure for the BT thing. I don't know if Americans care about that. WWE yeah. might. I don't know what's going on. Either way, they're giving it a lot more push than they normally do. Yes. And I just think... You need again when we talk about like we talked about stakes earlier. The stakes are really far away. There's no stakes in this tournament. No, there always was before. Yeah, you know. So I don't know why anyone's involved. Well, here's the reason why some people are involved because we then saw Matt Riddle backstage with Kathy Kelly, and he gave a very good reason for why he wanted to be in the Dusty Cup and why he wanted to team with Pete Dunne. He said, "I went up to Pete Dunne and I said, you're a bruiserweight. I'm a bro. Dusty Cup.'" That's it. And then Pete, he gave him the Pete special. <laughs> I gave him the bro special. <laughs> and that's it. The bros awaits were formed. Yeah. It's like, why? Like, <laughs> now, I, I do think, you know, sometimes you hear an idea and you think they came up with the title first and worked out the idea later. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's a great tag team name. It's a fantastic tag team name. And it's not for a second doubt that it's a great pun mm-hmm. and a great, what do they call Portmanteau when you put things yeah. together? Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, I, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Wordplay to your heart's content. I still don't know why they're in this tournament. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, well, there's no prize. Other than needing something it's to do. Point, yeah, it's a pointless prize. Um, then, we, then we've got a match between Austin Theory and Whacking Wild. Austin Theory picks up the win here after hitting a sort of... Does a, his roll through DDT as Wild's coming off the ropes, and then he hits a, uh, a version of the TKO to pick yeah. up the win. Fucking Wild uh, going for his Bruno gear again. Yeah, it was. He looked like he was like he was uh, Ant Man. Yeah, got like Ant Man goggles. Yeah, it was really weird. But then with the, but with then the alien from Aliens head, mm. like the really long the, the cycling carap- helmet carapacey. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's a cycling. Helmet, it's a cycling helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's really spoiled my imagination. <laughs> Sad times. This was this was a completely fine match that I liked was it. was entirely set up to make Austin Theory look good and start to build momentum behind him. I think they have big plans for yeah, Austin Theory. Yeah, he's good. They're both good. Yeah, they're both really good. Like this is we haven't seen Wild for ages on no. the former DJZ. He's been an absentee for mm. a long time. Uh, there's quite a few people coming back out of the woodwork like that now, which is mm. good. They need to rotate in some more people. I think Austin Theory is really talented. And what is he, he's like 22? Yeah, he's, re- old, he's really... 23, 22. Yeah. yeah. They mentioned it in the commentary. I was, uh, I was surprised, but I thought he was older than that. He basically just left Evolve as the, a long-reigning champion and just walked straight into WWE within a couple of months, was on TV against Roderick Strong. Yeah. That's crazy. That's- yeah, he's really good. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about his sort of... Obviously, I don't know much about his personality, his gimmick, whatever. Yeah. But he's a good wrestler, and I enjoyed this match. Yeah, I think that I, I reckon they'll turn him heel. He looks like a heel. Yeah, I think he'll be a, he'd be a really good heel. Um, we then got uh, a bunch of people warming up backstage, like Undisputed Era and Damien Priest, who was making a woman dress him. Yeah, uh, what is Damien Priest? Because I, I wrote down... Sex I, vampire. Yeah, I think his gimmick is... That, sex vampire. Is he a sex trafficker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> They need to have a thing Absolutely. like Taken where he's just got a little red button. Uh, that should be his promo. You think? That should be like, yeah. 
I think he just look, he looks like someone who's going to that like blood orgy from Blade. Yeah, that's that's all he reminds me of. He's a looking pimp of some special, description, like with a UV light, looking for yeah. the little special tags. We then got Undisputed Era versus Gallus in a match that I thought would be better than it was. Yeah, it's a shame because I. I think Wolfgang is amazing. I think I, I think love Wolfgang. <laughs> I think pretty much the components of this match are really good. They didn't gel here, or the, the the sort of structure of the match didn't do it for me. This was this match was all about Gallus beating down O'Reilly and Fish, while both Roderick Strong and Adam Cole watched from outside and then interfered and then helped uh, Yui pick up the win. Yeah, and it, it, was... it means that Gallus, the defending champions. The defending NXT UK tag team champions go into Sunday with, with a loss. So, do you think would you have preferred them to have done some sort of just wacky non finish? Been in it, or, or not, not be been in, in the tournament? I think would have been a really good one. Oh yeah, again, neither of these teams should be in match, the tournament. They could have had a match that they won on the show, but I don't. Th- I don't think this does. This doesn't make me want to go, wow, I really want to watch this four-person, well, this four-team tag team match that doesn't involve two, two of the people who aren't on this show. Yeah. Because then that means that uh, Grizzled Young Vets and uh, Southwest Subculture are on next week's show in their matches. So they, like, if they win, if they win their match on the weekend... They're going to turn up as the tag team. So we're going to see different people keep turning up as the NXT UK tag team champions in NXT for like a month yeah. stretch leading up to Worlds Collide. They should have done it the other way around. So they should have done Forgotten Sons versus Gallus. Yeah. Undisputed Era versus Imperium. Would that make more sense? Again, accepting that them being in the tournament in the first place does not make any sense. No, I don't. Just in terms right. of booking this night, would it have made. Because then they could have both picked up a win. I don't know. I'd love to tell you. I really would. And then they could have had some sort of interference afterwards and had a fight or whatever. Yeah, I think maybe... And then taken that momentum. Maybe just putting them together as a, like, Gallus versus Imperium as a warm-up match for the weekend would have just made a bit more sense. No, I'm saying you do Gallus versus Forgotten Sons. So they... So you do NXT UK versus NXT NXT UK versus... Imperium are going to beat Undisputed Era. No, you have Undisputed Era beat Imperium. Which also... And you have Gallus beat Forgotten Sons and then they take that momentum into the next... Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. Anyway, the Adam Cole causes a distraction <laughs> here, doesn't he? He does, this, he does that step up in Zaguri thing he does on the outside, yeah. and then uh, they hit chasing the dragon, and that's the win. Yeah. This, yeah, this didn't do much for the. Didn't really do much to feel like because also this is the preposition of worlds collide, right? Is that it's champion versus champion and cross branded battles. This was literally tag team tag team champions versus tag team champions, and was just a. Cheeky win for the next the main brand. Yeah, it was a strange, but, but not really build like that. No, and and again, because we don't really know why any of this is happening. Mm-hmm. I think that's an issue. That's and it's it's not really an issue NXT has had before. The thing that they do very well, and why I think they why they correctly held off even having second belt for a long time, mm-hmm. was it's always everyone is always very clear about why they're there. And generally speaking, if you're a singles competitor, you're either trying to get the North American or the main mm-hmm. title. And if you're a tag team, trying to get a tag title. And if you're in the women's division, you're trying to get the women's title. It's very clear. Now, it's less clear why anyone's doing anything. Yeah. And that has been, that's, a bit, that's a very rare moment for NXT in its sort of modern It's, it's because the Undisputed Era have all the belts. 
and then so that kind of works in a war game scenario where you can just go well it's not really about the titles and everyone else gets a nice time to shine but it does mean that we're now coming into a brand new year of tv sort of aimless no one's really in the mix for but th- it wouldn't be aimless if you took the tag champs out of <laughs> stupid tournament I, yeah, and let, them, have, let everyone have enough tag teams they bring someone down is what I would say as well. I think I think Yeah, yeah, bring someone down. Bring bring anyone down. Yeah. I actually like, don't care. It felt bring like, the Dudley boys it back. Felt like, <laughs> bring the Dudley boys back. Uh it felt like the yeah, I guess it feels like the story in this NXT of the kind of the stuff that happened in the matches fell flat. But then I think a lot of the talking and a lot of things people were just saying randomly were really good. Like the Matt Riddle thing, I love that promo. I thought it was so funny. Champa's promos I thought were wicked. The opening talking segment was great. This section with Gargano coming out, I really loved as well. Like, this was good. This was so Gargano makes his big return uh, to come and talk about Finn Balor and how much he blooming hates him. And it's a it's it's your classic Johnny Gargano fired up Johnny Wrestling, Johnny NXT, Johnny Takeover promo where he's like, "I have carried this place on my back." Um, I love I loved how he sort of I love the sort of half shoot nature of it yeah and it was couched in it was couched in the idea that like you know Finn Balor is also someone who in his babyface incarnation carried NXT on his back he carried it for longer than anyone else in fact Uh, but Johnny says here quite rightly when the call came for you to go up to the main roster you put your flag down immediately you went I got that call in August and I didn't leave because when I say I love this place I mean it that was well he's well he did still go. He was on Raw though. He didn't popped he? in. He popped in for a week. <laughs> he did. He, he, he did though, didn't he? It's a timeshare. <laughs> also, do you remember? I forgot because I kind of forgot this. Do you remember when that happened? When when Balor went up, they actually had the video mm-hmm. of them backstage, and it was like like the old draft, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. Everyone's like, "Way well done, mate!" Because back then it was so firmly a development thing. He was the first pick as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, in a way, a slightly unfair. Broadside <laughs> from from Mr. Yeah, I mean, Gargano. I mean, the the rules have changed. Uh, but he also, I think, and also, also he did take the call. Yeah, he also <laughs> brilliantly. But I like, I, I think it works really well for this. It was this really good feud. promo. It it was the right thing to say to Finn Balor yeah. as well. I think, and that's like, it, it was kind of like, it was heel level teasing, but works really well for Johnny because it it reinforces that level of his character. But it also gave Finn something to sort of spit feathers totally. about when he comes yeah. out. And I think it was Finn really as well really sold the being pissed off, especially after Johnny's little... You went and you were being the extraordinary man who does extraordinary yeah, things. Yeah, that was really funny. Like, all of that... I think all of this, like, properly laying into the main roster stuff with Finn is just giving him more fire. Yeah. And... and working the audience brilliantly because I'm sure Finn doesn't care about any of that stuff that he did there. He's happy to be doing what he's doing now. Yeah. He comes out though and he's like He's gone full Conor McGregor now. Yeah. He's when re- he called him a rat, I was like, this is very you McGregor rat. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I lo- but I loved when he said like maybe we should call you Johnny Promo because that's all the doctors yeah, will clean yeah. you for. Like it, it was all good build up. And then he just says, if you want a match, ask Regal. We'll have one at Takeover Portland if you make it that far. Yeah. That's such a good threat. Like it's yeah. not like I'm gonna beat you up, I'm gonna do it. It's just like I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna harass you now for yeah. however long. I like. Um, I love how over the last sort of, I guess, well, it's been since the Champa rather, really. How mm-hmm. like I like Babyface, but intense Johnny. Yeah, that's the best version of him I think that we've seen. Like the yeah. most sort of real, the most <coughs> interesting. When it was when there was a lot of like 
soft focus promos about how much he loves his dog or whatever. Yeah, they go so. He loves Disneyland as well. Yeah, that that goes so far. Like he's a relatable, interesting, passionate guy, and like a fan first. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, I, I I like it when he really is fighting for something. Yeah, and because the people at the top of the company, you know, you've got all the golds within Spirit Era who sort of their their whole thing is that they sort of hate NXT. Yeah, you know, they're better than NXT. They're better than everything. It's cool to like. It's nice. It's really. It works really well to have this guy just bearing the flag for the brand mm-hmm. um, and for the people in the room. It just. It just. It's a very. It's a confluence of a lot of different things and timing and stuff. But it's worked out really well. And I love that those two specifically have really great promo chemistry. Yeah, I can't they bounce really well off yeah. each other. It's. It's and and it's it's making both of their work better because the insults are great. Like, yeah, the, no one's being like you. You worry, don't you? Sometimes when, when a a face gets intense that they can't really lay in as much. Yeah. But with this, they're both getting in really good shots. They've both, they've both found they're both funny, the they're right both, angle. Like, yeah. And I, that, I think that the winning, I think what won this week's NXT for me was the scripting because it was obviously like all of these promos, all of these sections, everything everyone was saying has been thought about and creatively decided upon. But it's been delivered so well and so naturally that you don't really sit there going... That is a scripted promo that somebody's saying, or yeah. that is something they thought about before. Like everything, everything everyone was doing just came across as naturalistic and like very in character. Had a good through line. I thought all the storytelling stuff was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Um, and then, yeah, then you had things like they announced before the next match that uh, Kashida's going to be partnering with Alex Shelley in the uh, Dusty Classic tournament, and they just sort of go, Chris-Aper, Chris-Aper, they're just Chris-Aper. like, okay, bye then. <laughs> like, get rid of that information because this is. That's like a really big deal. This is a tag team. This is a New Japan tag team, the Time Splitters, that were around between 2012 and 2015, yeah. something like that. 2016, maybe. And this does feel like a really bit like for wrestling insiders. This is a massive deal. I mean, I'm much, I hope they go out and I hope Chris Saban turns up because <laughs> I want to see Machine Gun. It's, it's really diff- bad. I know. It's it's a difficult thing, isn't it? It'd Imagine be- if they were like our tag division. So it's got, there's not enough people in our tag division. What will we do? It's like, we'll just get the Motor City Machine yeah. Guns. What a solution. I think it's it's such a tricky one, isn't it? Because I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me because I'm <coughs> of a certain age and uh, TNA was mm-hmm. on UK TV at favourable times for a long time. But like, that team is so just like I, I love the Motor City Machine Gun so much, mm-hmm. and I just I don't. I, it's like having those two come out together. It kind of only makes me want to see the Motor City Machine Guns, mm. which which is a shame because the Time Splitters are awesome as well, and yeah. Alex Shelley has just, has just been in a couple of like all timely great fun tag teams to watch. That's just how good he and yeah. Kushida are, and how he how good he and Chris Saban are, but. I it just it's a shame that I was kind of like oh oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're getting there we're getting there we're, we're getting, getting there we're getting there we're trying we're spitball we're spitball yeah so this guy weirdly I thought this would have been better as a like you said earlier Kashida just going and my partner is Alex Shelley's name comes up I'd have waited to the tournament I'd have waited yeah I would have waited for the tournament because I don't I also don't think this is going to build interest in the way that, that like I think they think this is going to build interest because Wrestle Kingdoms just happened. So they're like, New Japan's all the news this week. We can do something that's related to New Japan. We'll make this announcement. That means viewers next yeah. week. Instead but, of just going, here's this really big, cool surprise. Yeah, I think you might as well wait for the big, cool surprise because they're not winning the tournament. No. And I would be shocked if they even win their match. Yeah. Because 
you know, I think if I think if they had signed Alex Shelley for five years, <laughs> we might have heard. We yeah. might have heard that. Yeah, you never know. You know, so I don't know. I think I think because of that and that alone, you keep his part in the secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then got uh, the second Champa promo, which was the sort of follow-on from the first, where he basically said that Adam Cole's run with the championship is tainted because he never beat Champa, and he said, "I don't know who I am without the belt, or who I will become without it." Which I thought was another you know, just clever bit of scripting, good stuff. But it feels like it kind of feels like you know Champa's kind of doing what the opposite of what Johnny's doing in the sense that Johnny's going to be harried by Finn until Portland. And now Champ is going to sort of harangue Adam Cole mm. until we end up at Portland as well. So it's like, there's this build of like passion and fury happening across like the, the DIY split, which mm. is nice. Um, we then got the, uh, the announcement of the women's battle royal for next week for the number one contendership mm. which another just like another bit of information that NXT just was like and this thing yeah passes and we're just kind of skimming through all this like really important information as quickly as possible because we've got so many matches in the show as well this was so tightly yeah. packed I mean this is not something I would normally say uh, about normally well WWE probably mm. but like I think NXT maybe I have said this before maybe I said this before just for the new year but uh, NXT does need a few more promos, yeah. and a bit, and a bit more just telling us what's <coughs> happening and why it's happening. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's just a, li- a little bit more of that wouldn't go amiss because I mean, like I said, these announcements are happening; they should be really meaningful, and they're sort of just getting away with it because the crowd's going to pop for it anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's not a good enough reason to not go, not to do the work, yeah, yeah. to put this over, to have a bit more time into it. Um, and then, but this was like literally <clears throat> happening as the entrances were happening for the main event, which was uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes in a fatal four-way for the number one contendership for the North American Championship. Another match that was just announced out of nowhere, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, Firmly establishing kind of what we were saying before Christmas as well, like when all those guys were floating around having a go yeah. at Adam Cole. Like, obviously, it was going to be Champa, and they've immediately been put down. They just go down a run, go for the yeah. next one, yeah. You know, bit of a shame, really, because there was a lot of work <coughs> put into them all doing yeah. all that stuff, and we've just sort of forgotten about that. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it is a shame. But I think what I like about what I liked about this match was that it 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 kind of felt like they knew that too, to some yeah. degree, because this was a match that was very much built around the notion that they all know each other so well, except Grimes. See, Grimes is kind of the smaller man in this match. He's the sort of not even the known quantity, and he gets a really good. Quite a couple of really good moments in this match. I thought Grimes was a, was a, was a great addition. To it was match. a great addition. He was a really good presence. He did like big moonsault, huge German suplex. He hits the cave in on Dijak on the apron at one point. He points to his hat and he gets a big cheer. I'm telling like, you, the hat works. The hat can piss. The off. hat is over. The hat works. Everyone needs to get over the hat. The hat is here to stay. You apparently said it's got over already. It's the hat. I love the hat. The hat can piss off. Uh, but yeah, I th- but then I think the rest of the story was that um, Lee and Dijak obviously have such a long-running feud that all the moments they have in the ring together, they did this brilliant spot at the beginning where they just got rid of the other two guys and they just swung and missed for a good couple of minutes, and everyone just went crazy when they just had this face-off and they were just like they both tried to hit their best stuff, they'd all blocked it. We then got the same that same sort of playback with Priest as well, where Keith Lee catches Priest in the power bomb, which he's done. On last yeah. week's NXT, oh sorry, two weeks ago's NXT, 
and starts knocking everyone about with him before hitting a big power bomb onto the back of Dijak. And then later on in the episode, where in the, in the match where where Priest goes to do his uh, middle rope Rana to the outside or his middle rope uh, Tepek on Hilo, like he pops up, goes to flip, and just steps back down because mm. Keith Lee's looking at him. And then hits Scouts it, it hits yeah. it again later when Keith Lee's not looking because he knows that that's a you know that's a very shareable gif of what Keith Lee's done. Keith Lee then also replaced some of the hits of doing like the big pop up moment. But I like the fact that they've not just gone well. Everyone's just going to fall for the same stuff all the time. It's yeah. not that sort of like well these are the spots that we do so we might as well just do them. They've constantly innovating and trying new things and building on the, the knowingness of the audience to go, well, you know what's coming when Damien Priest does this thing. You know what Keith Lee and Damien Priest have done with this before. So if we do this, mm. actually not doing the move now gets a bigger cheer. Yeah. And I think having having Grimes in the mix just gave another foil to that stuff as yeah. well. You know, he, he... A reason to break things up, a reason to like... Exactly, yeah, to change the pace... You know, to have a different dynamic when it when he kind of went one on one, and and he had to play the match differently, uh, like strategically. Kind of, yeah. I I, th- I thought they all had great chemistry, and I really I know I was really glad to see Grimes in there actually because mm-hmm. I think, you know, this is you know again before the new year we kept you know we were talking about him a lot, saying that he's clearly being he's clearly moving up the ladder, and this was a great this is exactly the kind of thing, yeah, this is exactly the kind of match he should be in now. You know, he is in that place now. Maybe he's, maybe he is the third or fourth contender to the North American Championship. Yeah. But he's in that tier. Well, I mean, he's, he's probably even closer than that in that tier because the match is ending. Grimes takes out basically everyone along with Lee and it ends up as Lee and Grimes in the ring mm. for the, the, the sort of deciding fall to, you know, the, the final moments of the match are these two squaring off for the North American title shot, essentially. Like, and it looks in some places like Grimes is about to get it, but Lee manages to catch him and hit the spirit bomb and pick up the big win. Like, I I thought this positioned Cameron Grimes as, like, third. Yeah. In my head. Um, but it also, like, I think this is also finally paying off on some of that Keith Lee momentum. Like, this is... Yes, that's important. I think it's really... Because, I mean... It's. It doesn't seem unlikely to me that he's going to be in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got to the Rumble and he went really far in it or did something crazy, like yeah. if he's the one that throws Lesnar, like if that happened, considering how he's been received on the main roster, would that shock you? No, it wouldn't shock you. It'd be amazing if it mm-hmm. happened. It'd be surprising if it happened. But wouldn't be. <coughs> it's not. It's not out of the realms of possibility that some of that will happen. So, it's there are balancing his push now because he he was so just mm. on all cylinders flying and kind of christmas came a bit of an awkward time really because it it slows that down yeah, a little bit that. so now to have him straight away just back on the accelerator right go get that title and i think he should just go get it i think he should have he just needs to just go get it now get get a win yeah before it's in two weeks time know, so yeah. I'm hoping that we're not going to do another... Because I think the only solution to that match is another shenanigans. And we've already had that exact thing in the triple threat with Roderick Strong. We had it in this match with uh, Gallus on tonight's show. It's like, I think we've overplayed the Undisputed Era's four-man team thing. Yeah. Unless they're going to build to... You know, unless they're going to build up another faction or another team to do it. But they need to start doing that sooner rather than later. Because yeah. I do think it is... 
strangling NXT storytelling to some degree because you're just watching matches going well and then the yeah and yeah yeah, yeah. you know and they're, they're trying to find new ways of doing it like oh but Johnny Gargano comes out and that throws Finn Balor off yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's the same thing it's yeah. the same story so yeah I guess the the kind of <clears throat> the prophecy needs to end sooner rather than later just I think for just the benefit of the whole brand as much as I like the prophecy uh, but I, I, I really like I enjoyed this week's NXT I didn't enjoy it as much as I felt like I should have in, like it's weird if I'd been told what was on it uh, yeah and, and sort of got myself prepped to be like excited I don't think my expectations of how, how that would have gone when I like knew the list of what was happening were met yeah I think that the show had a had a slightly flat nature to it I don't think there's any one reason for that I think if you did have to pin it on something I would pin it on the lack of uh, soon to be definable slash haveable stakes yeah. for these rivalries I think that everything is just a little bit too far away for it to feel like we're, we're really going somewhere so mm-hmm. that will obviously change over the next like that will obviously change as we go on but like this episode is just just I think a timing thing as much as anything yeah it just, so it just meant it just wasn't Quite hitting on all cylinders for me, but yeah, we've, I think we've, great. We've, we've had a two week come down. Everyone's eating too yeah. much. We're all a bit sluggish. Yeah, NXT maybe guilty of the same thing. Who knows? Uh, but before we go, let's just have a, the last super chat from Jobber JJ, who says, "If me and Riddle were a team, our team name would be Bro Job." I mean, again, it's another, it's another great bit of wordplay. Yeah, another one. Well, we'll end on that, Bro Job. How fat do you feel after Christmas, Simon? <laughs> I do feel fat, actually. I, um, have you got New Year's resolutions? Have I got New Year's people resolutions? People are normally like, be less fat. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, no, I don't really have... I never I never do New Year's resolutions. Someone I did... This is a podcast the other day, and someone said they were reading... They wanted to read 75 books this year, which is a book every five days. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... Laudable, but fine if you have a sort of wanky media job which lets you do that all day. Or a lot of time. Yeah. Or you choose really short books. Yeah. Which yeah. I definitely have gone through a phase of before. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, same here. Um, if I'm I had, just a novella guy. I'm just a novella yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, if, uh, yeah. If I, did, if I did have a resolution of any script, it probably would be to... I, need, I do want to get through a few... I've, I've been buying loads of books and not finishing them, so I need to actually read a bit more but I mean yeah no I never really do resolutions I sort of everyone knows what you should be doing yeah do you know what but I mean but are you doing it do you everyone have know. it set in your stomach? everyone knows everyone knows how you're supposed to live and nobody does it no and what are those ways don't kill the ten commandments <laughs> Simon will now recite for you <laughs> the ten commandments oh what are they don't covet your neighbour's wife don't covet Statues of golden bulls, false idols. False idols. Don't steal, don't kill. Don't be jealous. Don't do drugs. (laughs) Don't do drugs. Take your vitamins. Uh, Brother. Um, No raw dogging. No. (laughs) No. Never double dip. And uh, 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 fork on the left, knife on the right. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, there you are. That's, uh, That's your... Lesson in religious studies for this week on the Russell Talk podcast. Um, Pete will be back with the SmackDown review on the weekend. Ollie and Luke will also be doing the magazine show tomorrow sometime. Uh, until then, goodbye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.